this is Anna. Welcome to Readapod Podcast. Oh, well, I can't believe you're speaking with me. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, don't be nervous because I'm the most laid back person there is. I've got a dog underneath here that's probably going to bark at some point. So, like, yeah, don't be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, nervous. Very Thank normal. you. No way. Very You've normal. sold over 650,000 books. That's incredible. Yeah, other people have sold more. So oh, always. Now, since I opened the shop, so 2008, I reckon you were one of the first authors that I started reading every book of. Did you start writing to? 2009-ish? Nine. Yeah, Red Dust came out in 2009. So, yeah, obviously we have an affinity there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so that was really new to me in writing books and that was I hadn't I hadn't done anything like that before. So, oh, yeah. wow. So you didn't grow up wanting to be a writer then? No, I can't say that I did. You know, like I think, I don't know whether you agree with this, but I reckon it's only been the last, I don't know, maybe five or ten years that anyone's taken any interest in the author anyway. You know, there's oh, um, yeah, there's not a lot of um, yeah. yeah, not a lot of behind the scenes stuff before then. And you know, now it's a great marketing tool because we have all this social media and people have access to you and, and all of that sort of thing. But you know, and I grew up. I say this quite regularly. I grew up reading Anna Blyton and a lot of those, dear Hardy Boys and Trixie Bell, and a lot of those authors were dead. You know, <laughs> it didn't yeah, seem like a great, great career choice. I but reckon it is only I, in the last five years that I started showing any interest at all in what authors looked like even you know the fact that you could reach out and touch them through social media was just incredible they didn't seem yeah. like real people really well I remember well the first decent size tour was 2014 Crimson Dawn and that was love um, that book that was I, <laughs> I think that that was the turning point or it was for me anyway that you know I was able to get out there and talk to people and, and people showed interest oh I bet they did yeah absolutely I know my partner David <laughs> one of the first things that I thought of when he gave me his business card because we met in a, a nightclub thing it was very tacky but it was David and then David Burrows and I thought I took <laughs> my tummy dropped and I thought oh <laughs> that's funny I'm sure I'm oh, not the only one me. who's had a crush on Dave Burrows for years well I do just have to say that I have first dibs I created him so if he ever turned up I have first dibs <laughs> I felt like I was manifesting him although my David is a an accountant not a police and very different from Dave Burrows, but it was a nice sign, I thought, and thank you very much. <laughs> very good. I was out and about trying to set my friend up, actually. She had just recently gotten divorced from her high school sweetheart. That whole world about going out and trying to date again after you've had a divorce is a really frightening world to be in. Yeah, I'll just toss that across to Emma and, and uh, she'll be able to feel all of that. But, yeah, she... I thought of my friend, actually, while I was reading Deception Creek, Emma, at the start has brought it all yeah. to the forefront. No, we had we had some funny times trying to research that because trying <laughs> the online dating thing, you like you, you either get to have to sign up as a member or log in. You can't see anything behind those screens. And obviously I wanted to research this because Emma was going to be trying Absolutely. to And I ended up finding, like, I had the kids sitting alongside me because I didn't actually want to sign up. Like I, <laughs> I wanted to research, but I didn't want to sign up myself. I was sitting there and I, I had Rochelle and Hayden there and I said, oh, they want my phone number. And then they sent me like a code that on 
my phone that I had to put in. And I was going, no, 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 delete, 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 block. <laughs> I don't want to do this. So I had to find some friends that had, who had actually done online dating, find out what it looked like behind the screen. It's fair to say that the kids and I had some very funny, if not embarrassing for them, conversations about this online dating thing. Probably oh, that you shouldn't be subjected to by their mother. <laughs> Well, I love that about your books. And I really love Emma as a character as well. I think she's very much like yourself, that just that a real country, real women can do it. I think a strong advocate for women in agriculture. You must be just be so, so proud of yourself and so proud of her. Oh, no, I don't think too much about what I what I do. I um, Emma certainly wasn't the character I thought she was going to be. She tended to have a mind of her own, which I didn't expect. And it made her quite difficult to write at times she she fought what I wanted to do and in the end you know when you you've just got to let the characters have their head because otherwise you know you just write yourself into a writer's block and there's there's no point so just go with it oh I thought she would be very easy to write because you know I was giving her feelings that I had felt you know when I got divorced you know the loneliness and the you know the the fact that you know we sit here there's I don't know that anybody ever tells you that there's a grief when you lose a marriage even if it was something that you wanted to lose and I was in that situation whereas I really didn't want to stay but there's still a grief that goes with that and working through that and also the fact is that like my life didn't go according to the way that I thought it was going to and Emma is the same as is Joel and Mm -hmm. that it's coming to terms with that and accepting that and and being content where you are and so that was uh, that was yeah Emma had a lot of different reactions to how I would have and so that did make her very difficult to write at times when she was being exceptionally headstrong I should know better because I'm headstrong myself. (laughs) Well, I just loved her. Couldn't have loved her more. And really loved seeing all of my friends in amongst it as well. I love the way you do the pop-up so that you know that all of, they're all standalone books, absolutely. But you can always see where your friends are up to and it's just lovely. Yeah, Zara and Kim and Mm. um, yeah, so going back. And it's, it's lovely going back to write them as well because, you know, they're already formed. You get to know them really well and you'll know how they react to certain situations and and putting them into different situations every book is great fun because it's I don't know you just seem to know how they'll react and how it will flow where they'll go to I just love seeing my friends I love that that you can check in on them and make sure that everybody's still going well and that sense of just like real life Mm, I know that you had that joke in about it getting a little midsummer night murdery I love Mm -hmm. the the, I don't know if you've seen the sign on Facebook there's a sign up there that says population whatever it was that crossed (laughs) out and it got down to goes down and down and down and down. So yeah, but Barbara doesn't have a lot of murders, but it certainly has a lot of mysteries. And yeah, I guess um, it's said in many of the early day Burroughs books that the excitement seems to follow Dave. And so I guess if I moved into another town just to try and smooth things out a little bit, the excitement would still follow him. So oh, excitement would follow him everywhere. Absolutely. So all of your novels highlight exceptionally strong females and the country life. I know that I just read them whenever they come out. You're one of my auto that I just love. You've got I've got two a year. So yeah. I write the, the early Dave Burrow series comes out in April and then the contemporary fiction comes out in November. So the early Dave Burrow series takes Dave back to when he first started the Stop Squad. So when I first got divorced and I had all this time, you know, like I, I had come off the fact that I'd been looking after my terminally ill mother-in-law, I'd been working on the farm. The kids were beginning to grow up and weren't needing as much therapy as what they had had. You know, they were in high school. So I had all this time which I had never had before and it was quite frightening to me 
And when I first left the farm, I, I found it very hard to settle. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to have something that grounded me. And I went to Alan and I'm like, I said, can I please write two books a year? And they said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, I don't know that I want to do two contemporary rural fictions books a year. I just think that might be a little bit too much. And we're seeing a huge amount of love for Dave Burrows at the moment. So can we take him back to his early days and start a series with him when he first gets into the stock squad? So the first book of that is Fool's Gold and he's not in the stock squad. But by the time that he's finished that book, he has then gone into the stock squad. He's gone back to Perth and uh, he's working out of the Perth stock squad head book. So it's really lovely to go back and see his his growth because in those early books, he is very hot-headed and he is impatient and, you know, he's a great detective, but he wants those outcomes like right now. Whereas in these contemporary fiction books, you know, where he's married to Kim and he's a lot calmer and he still bends the rules. Like, yeah, that's what I love about Dave is he bends the rules to get the right outcome. Absolutely. Uh, and, And his superiors are always tearing their hair out with him. He's always doing something that he probably shouldn't do. And it's funny because he's teaching Jack to do the same thing. Uh, his sidekick at Barker there. So yeah. both of them there and to see both of their growth. And we've got Jack right from the beginning of his career. So we've seen his growth the whole way through and getting to live with Zara and how they shuffle themselves around with Zara being a journalist and yep. him being a copper and not being able to talk about things, how they manage that. Because yeah. you know, early on, that put a fairly big strain on their relationship. Of and course. Interception Creek, Zara is quite integral in yep. getting to the end and the, the end result of what is needed in this book. They've worked out their happy medium that they can. I like together. the way that that is said in there as he says, I can't tell you, but they have obviously worked out how to do it and how to, to coexist with their careers. And it's just, I love seeing the character development in your books. I think that it's just lovely. I, I love people and I think you obviously do as well. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think you've lived and worked on farms for most of your life, haven't you? Yeah, so really? I started, yeah, I started uh, when I first left high school. I went to boarding school in Adelaide and I actually tried to leave high school in year 10 and go and work on my grandfather's station in the Flinders Ranges. And mum and dad put a pretty quick stop to that and I said I had to finish year 12, which really annoyed me. You know, I hated boarding school, hated being away from the country and, and that. So anyway, I suffered through that and made everyone else's life hell while I was suffering myself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then I and then I left school and went and worked down they scored one Derby in Meningi in the southeast of South Australia. And it was really tough to get a job back then. You know, that was 91 I left school. So 92 I was looking for work and, and it was really tough to get a job being a girl. And people were saying the station owners just saying, Oh, we don't have quarters for girls. And I used to sort of go, Is that really right? Because you're yeah. just in a bed and a loo, you know, like we can still all share. It's not of that course. I've got like yeah, that was a bit tricky. But you know, we got through that and I got a job down there and I've always been grateful for Tim to give me that job. I came across to Esperance here in WA and worked on my farm out there and then met my ex-husband and we bought farms together and worked the land for probably 20 plus years together and and that that finished. But those farming years were amazing for me because I think the 20 plus years that I spent doing that has readied me to write these books. Oh, absolutely. They 
these books all feel so authentic and they really are my fantasy tree change type of existence they're so good yeah (laughs) I guess I take my role as as a writer being in the agriculture industry reasonably seriously because I had the you're the voice of the country yeah so I had the opportunity to tell people about rural areas and the the challenges that we face and the great things about what we do and I can bring all of that to you know people like you that haven't been out you guys aren't going to know the people that haven't been on farms or worked on farms 100% the beautifulness of being able to watch like these clover plants just push through the soil as the as the opening rains come. there's all these great things about it but you know there's the horrible things too you know I've had to swim out into the middle of the dam and put a chain around a dead cow's neck to pull her out so we can still use the dam Mm -hmm. there's there's horrible times but there's so much beauty in farming and I love being able to tell people about it you know I think it was starting from now that book sort of came from when Peter and those animal activists had left open this farm map up where all the farms were put on it and Mm -hmm. you know people were storming onto other people's land and that made me very angry and I can still remember I was driving to Perth when I was listening to this on the radio and my speed kept getting quicker and quicker and quicker because I was getting angrier and angrier and angrier at what I was hearing thinking you know these animals are more risk than what as farmers we are because you're mucking up our biosecurity you're coming onto our land that is not only our workplace but our home Mm -hmm. and that made me really angry but in saying all of that when I put it into a book I had to show both sides that was the right thing to do and I thought you you captured that that beautifully yeah yeah a lot of research had to go into that I I showed the animal activist side of it um, sympathetically I still do not agree with them I still do not agree with what they did well see I didn't Um, picture that at all I thought you presented both sides so perfectly that it was up to me to decide which way I thought that you felt so that's really interesting Mm -hmm. grabbing those things taking it to people in the city to to showcase why why we do what we do oh you do it beautifully I also really wanted to make note of your social media because I just I feel there's so many pictures of you writing the kelp is right there you've got the chicken running around the fields of canola it's just it's exactly how I picture your books being written (laughs) I've got this chook that escapes all the time in the end I've given up I just opened the gate and let them come out now and see them flying over they just (laughs) turn up when when they are least wanted (laughs) (laughs) oh bless well I think you do a beautiful job at letting me live vicariously the country life the colors are just spectacular and I think that's one of the things that the lights just sounds just lovely we have this beautiful light that doesn't turn up every day you need a special atmosphere for it to turn up we call it the bank review hour and it's when everything just as the sun is going down everything just seems to glow golden and that's when everything looks amazingly beautiful and the crops look like they're going to go four or five ton perhaps they yeah. don't really in the normal <laughs> thing that's when you want your bank manager to come out and have a look because he'll go oh wow yep we'll lend you another million bucks she's right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic so what's next for Dave Burrows then have you started uh, well, on your next uh, we're editing book 19 at the moment so that's at, wow. um, that's book Rising Dust and that is the I think it's the sixth in the Dave Burrows series so that's mm-hmm. actually going back to the early Dave again and and then we're not three deadlines next year which is a little bit oh, bad so wow. um, 1st of March 30th of June 1st of September just, just trying to hit those deadlines and, yeah. and write I'm doing something different that I've never done before and that's writing two books at a time so I'm spending one week writing one book and one week writing another book oh so my goodness give both, yeah or so I can give both a reasonable amount of attention and not muck up either storyline or make them sound too similar 
similar. Yeah. So that'll be a challenge because I've never done that before. And I've, oh, that'll gosh, be good bit, luck. Yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see how What a challenge for a set. I don't know that my friends will see me that much next I year. I bet. No, not at all. But I guess <laughs> the touring for Deception Creek must be less or you are probably just doing a lot virtually. We were supposed to do a really big tour this year and we were supposed to do it last year as well, but obviously yeah. COVID's piped on that. So what we're doing is next November will be my 20th book, so we're going to have a big celebration tour that year. And I've got a few events in Perth yeah. and sort of around the country areas. Yeah, it's uh, yeah doing a lot of podcasts, a lot of print media and so mm-hmm. forth. I think everyone has a bit of a tiredness to the Zoom events and like the live Zoom events. So yeah, we've steered clear of them this year. Doing my research for today is how many book recommendations you do and how much of a reading you must be. Oh, there were so many good books in there. You're obviously, yeah, I, I don't know how you find yeah. the time to do anything. Well, I've always, always loved reading. I find it a little bit harder now and I'm certainly a lot tougher on the books that I read. If I don't like the first two chapters, I don't read it. And no. if I get halfway through a book and I go, yep, I've worked out what's going on here, I read the last chapter, work out I'm either right or wrong. If I'm right, I put it down. If I'm wrong, I go, oh, righto. And I go back and skim read the rest oh, of it. Oh, wow. See where I went wrong. But yeah, no, I love reading. Um, but it's, it's definitely different read now to what it used to be before yeah. I started writing. I'm a, yeah, like I said, I'm a lot, a lot tougher on what I read. And I also seem to find that I've got publishers said to me the other day, this, you've got a very potting mind. So I often pick what happens, which sort of takes the joy of reading away when you sort of go, oh, what happened? But I read Green Light by Ben Stevenson the other day. And that's one of the first books in a really long time I've been very drawn into that is a crime novel. Yeah, and it's on my I list, worked, but I'm not sure if I could do it. Yeah, it, it's a great book. Um, and I worked out exactly who had done what very early on in the piece, but there was still so much more going on that it kept me reading. And yeah. that, that book I read from the beginning to the end. If you don't read, you can't be in this industry, really. Oh, 100%. Why wouldn't you be? You'd have to be a reader, I think, to be to be wanting to, to work in it. All right, I'm going to let you go. I can't believe no, to welcome. keep you for so long. Thank you so much. Oh, I really appreciate it. Anytime. Can't believe it. Anytime. This has been so good of you. Thank you. Okay, so thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. See you next time on Reader Pod Podcast.